0: Good morning. This is Mike Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Cat's Roundtable. This morning, I have probably one of the most active, well-respected real estate developers, consultants in the state of New Jersey, my friend Deb Tantliff, who is the founding principal of Tantum Real Estate. As opposed to me reading what Tantum Real Estate is, I'm going to ask Deb to tell me about it.
1: Well, first, Michael, it's always a treat to see you. Thank you for having me. Uh, We are a multifamily and mixed-use developer and development advisory firm in New Jersey. So we work on a range of projects.
0: Do you, Are you allowed to come over the bridges and the tunnels? To- We're
1: allowed, but we try not to. We we really specialize in Jersey. Jersey is a very high barrier to entry market, and uh, the process is very different. And so when I do step foot on the other side of the river, I really feel like I'm out of water. <laughs> okay. Um. So we work on a range of, of projects in a variety of capacities. I would say... 20 units to 300 acres and everything in between all throughout the state, primarily focused on ground up redevelopment and mixed use.
0: Now you are a certified women's business enterprise. What does that mean?
1: It means that uh, I'm a wholly owned business and I'm a woman and uh, there are a lot of Benefits to being a certified um, business in that respect, in terms of abilities to access financing and meet a lot of corporate and public diversity um, and equity, you know, initiatives. And
0: most of your work is residential development, correct?
1: Yes, sometimes with a, a commercial component, but everything is anchored in housing.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the developments that you've been involved with and what's happening in New Jersey now, because always the big projects were in Jersey City, maybe even Hackensack and. Hoboken uh, but what's happening today?
1: So Jersey is seeing an influx of countless number of new construction multifamily projects um, which was really spearheaded on the heels of our last round of affordable housing obligation and so a lot of municipalities entered into settlement agreements to allow these projects to be built.
0: For the layman explain what that means.
1: So uh, we are in dire housing shortage hundreds of thousands of units short and new jersey municipalities each have a legal obligation to develop and, and and serve their communities with a certain number of affordable housing inventory that is a deed restricted product for people making you know below an 80% average median income
0: and what's the average median income in new jersey and
1: it it it, it, changes. Is, it, it changes by market so that that's also the challenge of doing these developments is everything is um, underwritten based on the incomes for the, for that region.
0: And what do the developers get in exchange of providing the affordable housing?
1: So there's, you know, there are standalone, hundred percent affordable housing projects. Um, and then there are inclusionary that are market rate with an, an included component, similar to what you have in New York as an 80, 20 um, project. And, um, you don't get anything other than your approvals and the ability to do your job. Um, but as part of those approvals, you are frequently able to negotiate long-term financial agreements that benefit in the form of of tax abatements and establish set rents, set uh, set tax payments. Um, there are other financing incentives available uh, that allow you to, you know, have a little bit more of a sophisticated capital stack. Um, but it's really about helping the financial math of the deal make what, sense. What
0: about the condominium world? How do you do that?
1: There's, there are pockets of condominium development in New Jersey. There is plenty of um, horizontal townhome and single-family development. The condominium com, uh, products are a little more few and far between. Um, they also, any, for sale and rental, all come with an affordable, an affordable housing obligation.
0: Of building units? Yes. on-site on
1: yeah the trend has really been that they have to be included on-site um, sometimes they are in the same building sometimes they are a separate building um, but the the process and the days of paying into a fund or developing them off-site or rehabbing other stuff or other inventory um, is less less preferred at this point
0: okay before the show we discussed uh, the transit oriented or near transit oriented development wanted to explain that to me?
1: Sure. So, you know, when people think of transit oriented development, they think of trains. Uh, We have a lot of trains in New Jersey, but we have a lot more buses um, and we have some light rail. Um, In terms of transit oriented development, it is a it is a key indicator for investment um, opportunity. It is a opportunity to create critical mass. There is a good component of those transit-oriented development projects that actually benefit from their proximity and their transit network to bring people into Manhattan. Um, But they are as much about intermodal opportunities and accessing Newark or Princeton or other corporate centers. Um, But in in New Jersey, as a mostly suburban state, it is really about creating critical mass around that mass transit.
0: With regard to that, you've been uh... not a a proponent or I'd say an advocate against parking requirements. We want to explain the parking requirements for residential.
1: They're too high. That's the simplest explanation. Um, Our, our state requirements require on average um, just shy of two parking spaces per unit, regardless if it's a studio or a three bedroom, that kind of, that becomes the blend on your project. Um, There are different ratios for each unit type, but on the average. Um, And the reality of it is, is that we we build too much parking because not everybody is is buying those cars. They much prefer walkable walkable communities and accessing their mass transit systems. And if we don't have to build that much as much parking, we can use the footprint for more housing, and we can use those dollars to build more housing as opposed to you contributing also, to our housing crisis. And you can
0: also reduce the rent on the, on the properties.
1: Absolutely, we you know I'm I'm involved with the real estate center at Rutgers, and we issued a white paper, and it shows that on average, if you eliminate and reduce your parking requirements, you could bring your rents down, you know, four to
0: 5%. Let's talk about the Jersey Shore, which you've been involved with recently.
1: Sure. So uh, we, again, we work throughout the state. We recently just finished a a project down in Monmouth County and we are working on some entitlements on another, another, in another community. Uh, The Jersey Shore is a beautiful um, component of the state. And, and it is a, um, a landscape where there's a lot of different smaller communities, each have their own personality and their own dynamics, but they're anchored in access to the waterfront. Um, and some communities are more seasonal and some are more year round, uh, residential base. Um, and so it post COVID used to a huge influx of people down into Monmouth County, um, open space, open, you know, fresh air, the sea, um, you know, and, and water. Um it is a it is a tremendous opportunity. It's a, a beautiful quality of life in Monmouth County. Um and and the shore brings with it a lot of different entertainment and recreational elements to lifestyle that really interplay quite nicely with housing. Now,
0: what about Long Branch and Asbury Park?
1: So they are two of the most desirable communities within Monmouth County. We are currently working on something in Long Branch. Um, Asbury Park is one of those communities that is seeing condo development and they are, they are selling condos, you know, a thousand dollars a square foot, which is pretty high for New Jersey. Um, and, and you are seeing a lot of New York and Manhattan buyers come and, and have it as a second, second, you know, beach house. Um, but you're also seeing more year-round people there as well. Um, but they have very walkable downtowns with a lot of community events as well.
0: What about supportive housing and you know the veterans housing that you've been involved with?
1: So that is really all overlaid as part of the affordable housing initiatives and different elements of affordable housing that speak to targeted underserved uh, population that need additional support services and elements that take away from their ability to afford quality housing product. Um, and a lot of those... Um, you know, health issues and mental issues all all cycle around and, and revolve around quality housing.
0: Is any work being done with like uh, Rutgers specifically or New Brunswick uh, with re- new residential developments?
1: Uh, new Brunswick as a city is transforming by the day. Um, DEFCO, which is led by Chris Palladino, is a nonprofit development arm for the city. Um, that works in public-private partnership with the city, and they are implementing um, tremendous high-rise residential construction. Uh, they partnered, in, and there was a performing arts center recently built, um, and and there is a tremendous life science uh, commercial component that is now being developed um, in partnership with SJP, um, and, and there are some major life science projects um, tenants that will be coming in um nokia is is coming in as well um and so the the synergy of the anchor educational institution and a very large corporate center makes new brunswick and the surrounding communities in middlesex county a very desirable place what
0: about the fort monmouth
1: fort monmouth is seeing a variety of redevelopment film studio market rate housing affordable housing there's a slew of of different programs and uses that are going into the base by a variety of developers. It's really exciting to see.
0: The revival of Newark, what's happening there?
1: Uh, high-rise after high-rise. Um, it is a very different city than it used to be. Newark is seeing a lot of market rate high-rise redevelopment. It is seeing an influx of affordable housing redevelopment. The city has taken a lot of proactive initiatives to facilitate a wider tier of developer and, and accessing some smaller local and minority developers to facilitate some affordable housing. Um, they just implemented a new program where they were able to coordinate with under underserved and, and um, lower income residents in the community to buy vacant houses for a and, dollar and help them build on home ownership. Which and, is
0: what happened in New York about 25 years ago, 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, Newark is really seeing a tremendous amount of investment. It's 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 really quite marvelous.
0: So in general, uh, with the exception of availability of capital, which is my last question.
1: So capital is it's it's an interesting time. There is a lot of capital that wants to deploy. There's a lot of capital that came over the river from New York. Um, There's a lot of local state based capital. Um, It doesn't necessarily want to deploy at these interest rates and at the equity requirements that are needed. Um, But the demand for the inventory and the long-term value and opportunity that comes with the investment is there. And so the investment is continuing. It is starting starting to loosen up. Um, And it's just a question of when you need to sign your loan and when you really need to put a shovel in the ground. So I'm content to spend 2024 doing land use approvals and not
0: signing a loan. (laughs) But
1: 25 is my year to go in the ground. Good.
0: I'd like to thank Deb Cliff for being here, and I'll see you next week.
1: Good to see you. Thank you for having me.